You ready? Uh huh. Three, two, one. Nice. So, um, quick update: Kim's skiing. I got the dog. We have like probably five to six inches that fell last night. Oh damn! Yep. Snow so. or ice? Uh, it's actually snow. So the um the forecast said like a storm or whatever, but it it didn't look like like it's this is not a storm. This is just five to six inches fell. Um, it's falling so like pathetically gradually. I don't know how that could be classified a winter storm. Maybe just how long it's going to fall for? Maybe. Um, it's it's windy as all, all hell out here, so. Wow. Yep. Real windy. The Windy Valley. Eh. I'm on that. Not in the uh, valley, but. <laughs> well, where you live? Not in the valley. I like, don't know where you live. Like, neighborhood-wise, it's not the valley. Right, because you said there's a hill at the end of your road. I mean, technically, I probably, if it was just geography, I I live in, like, a valley or a dish, probably. A dish. That's a dish. There's a geological term called a, a dish. Is there? I mean, now there is. Um, <laughs> I think I remember my... My uh, high school geology teacher, Doc, we called him Doc Rocks. Um, wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember something about dishes. Okay. Uh, and we're not mistaking it for plates. <laughs> right. How about... <laughs> <laughs> remember plateau yeah i remember plateau yeah remember savannah no savannah no what's that that's you know where lions and gazelles live oh the savannah savannah you just you have to (laughs) that one you have to articleize you can't just say remember savannah because i think georgia Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm or or savannah guthrie from uh good morning america there's someone named savannah yeah I'm sure there's. Name. I'm sure there's plenty of people named Savannah. It's not a good name. I mean, if you're a fan of Georgia or the location. I mean, when he was singing Georgia on my mind, he wasn't singing about a woman. Who's he? Jesus? No. Ray Charles. Ray, Ray Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like your uh, <laughs> I like your morning mood. <laughs> Just woke up about twenty five minutes ago. That's pretty solid. I've been up for a little while. Oh, Marcy. Yep, we timed this really well. I think someone needs to go out. <laughs> <laughs> really? So I let her out this morning. Well, Kim let her out this morning, and. Uh, we couldn't find her for a little while, which is, like, totally normal. 
And Kim's like, I'm going to go out and look for her. And she came back in immediately and goes, she's just on the side of the house and she made a fort. <laughs> she's like, she's in a little cave. Oh, She's in a little cave on the side of the house. So we have a, um, what's it called? A kayak, which is our friend's kayak um, that they let us borrow on in the first week of August. So, like, for my birthday, we went to Indian Lake in the Adirondacks, which was totally beautiful. It was amazing. Had to row, like, almost three miles to get to our uh, our island. And we have literally... <laughs> is, is, we have does liter- Marcy have her own microphone? No, she's just properly... You're going to have to do something she's about She's put Marcy. herself in... Okay. Um, I'm going to stop this audio recording and then take her out and then come back oh then we gotta clap again oh right three two one sounded dead on for me which means it sounded late for you right no it's not like yours sounded late for me okay yeah (laughs) right (laughs) um oh fuck where's my coffee oh it's over there hold on Oh, God, I love how unprofessional I am at podcasting. I mean, there's... Who needs to be a professional podcaster? I don't know. It's a a game of amateurs. Yeah, it really is. Um, I was talking... (laughs) I was talking to someone this week about my microphone etiquette, and they were like, your microphone etiquette's atrocious. And I'm like, well, yeah, probably. A lot of of lip-smacking. Well, I think I think it's a lot of like I I don't speak directly into the microphone. I I do the move away kind of deal because of my setting is spe- uh, specifically set up so that I'm I should be talking directly at it. Um, I get easily distracted and I'm constantly turning away from the thing. Yeah. So like talking out of the back of my head, you can't really hear me. Yeah. I kind of I kind of like it. I think it brings an element to the the recording the. The humanity, you know, there's it's less uh, not polished. The, yeah, exactly. Not right. Actually, that's the perfect way to describe it. Um, I love how when I I say something that's on the same frequency, you are surprised that I came up with an answer for it. No, my problem <laughs> is I'm surprised that you could say it in one word because I would say it in two sentences in two minutes. A sentence a minute. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, anyway, Marcy left this morning, found her little fort, and uh, like a little like in the snow. It, it's or yeah. Like... So the 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 kayak that's on the side of the house is cu- is on top of like some shitty Adirondack chairs that I got from the dump mm-hmm. and um, the snow has covered all of that. So everything is packed in, but there's like a little cavity that she can curl up in. Yep. And just get underneath it all. And underneath the, 
uh, the kayak, there's no snow. So it's just this nice little hollowed out area of like instant, um, instant snow cave basically. Nice. So pretty sweet. It's a pretty good idea actually, just to like, instead of carving out a snow cave, which I guess was probably the whole fun of making a snow cave. You know, instead of doing that, you could just create a structure that hollowed out the cavity for you and let snow snow on it. So you're just saying, like, have two, three walls and a roof and let the snow fall on top of it? Maybe, like, if you had just, like, a like a little, like, you could make, like, a, a light wooden structure and right. and then like cover it in like uh what's that weird like garden paper they use garden paper <laughs> like something that's biodegradable <laughs> do you know like the shit that you use in in like your home gardens that like covers the like that that black yeah. uh, co- cottony stuff that yeah. you use to, like throw mulch on and everything yeah yeah yeah. that's yeah, that i don't know i don't know what that's called yeah but it, garden that paper this, uh, okay <laughs> I, i'm making that up i don't think it's called garden paper but everyone knows what i mean plant upholstery perfect um but if you like put that if you like draped that over the the like light wooden structure and then let the snow snow on it the snow would pack down and create its own you know, igloo kind of thing anyway. If you got enough snow. Anyway, so, this this is not a topic. Yeah, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're developing prefab igloos. I don't know what the market is for that. Probably bad. It's like, oh, the pop tent ice cave. Oh, God. But I was going to say, just like, that, bring, that, make, that takes the whole fun out of it, but... You know, because as a kid, I always liked to make it, make a freaking snow cave. Yeah, the best part was like you would go towards the most dangerous part of your yard, which is like the where the road meets the the uh, driveway. Right. Because right. the plow had had stacked up enough snow there. Right. And just start burrowing into it with cars whizzing by you, you know, ten inches away from you. In inclement weather. Exactly. Right. It was the stupidest thing we possibly could have done. Right. But it was so much fun. Also, you and I, but how long have you, did you guys, did you grow up in that house that your parents live in? Uh, yeah, I moved there when I was three, I think. So Whoa! That's pretty much all I remember. Jesus. That's a long time. That's fucking crazy. The, yeah. um, the house that we moved to, I guess, I guess I kind of have the same scenario, but in a really weird way. Um, we moved to our house in 1990. So I was four. And we lived there until 1997. No, six. 1996. And then we moved literally across the street. Right. And then we lived there until, you know, my dad still lives there. So. So it's kind of the same, except for, I mean, it's at least the same exact area. You're not like 
doing anything different. Right. People always thought that was funny that I moved across the street. It's kind of weird. It's like a lot to do for, oh, just changing locations by 500 feet. Right. Yeah, I guess. But like, Wait, I, did you did you guys just carry stuff, or did you have to get a truck? Uh, why would you have to get a truck? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Because <laughs> did you need to be out of the, the one house in a certain time? No. Hold on, I, I have to let my dogs out now. Hold on. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it would be silly to have a truck for to move across the street. But my questioning is like. Did you need to be out of the one house at a certain point before you could move into the other? Like, or was it just, you know, you took a weekend and you guys just carried stuff across the street all all day long? So, n- no and no. Um, we owned the house and we kept owning the house and my dad rented it out for many oh, years. Okay. okay. But the way it worked was we moved kind of slowly over the course of six months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, when you own the property, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it it, it was interesting. My dad, um, I remember my sister being very young, but old enough to speak and old enough to, like, put together sentences. And she would, the joke was, you know, Catherine would say, where's dad? And we'd say across the street, and she would say a pot to Pete. Uh huh. So then she thought it was funny, and she like saw that we thought it was funny, and then she would be like asking the question just so she could say a pot to Pete. So she's like, "Is Dad a pot to Pete?" And we were like, "Yes, Dad's a pot to Pete." And it was funny because. He would just, my dad kind of, I wouldn't say my dad is like a handyman, but my dad definitely can take care of like house stuff. Right. He doesn't go like, you know, if there's something that he doesn't think he can fix, he won't like attempt it or anything. Um, But like, I'm very much the same personally. I think maybe I'm, I have... Well, no, we're we're just the same when it comes to it. I, I like people to show me how to do something. I'm very visual. Like, I, I that's how I learn. So if someone shows me, yeah, you might have to show me, like, five times for me to, like, get it stuck in my brain so I can do it a hundred more times. Um, but now that I'm, you know, my current job helps me with that a lot better. My, my brain kind of works when it's, you know, constantly learning new stuff and I'm, you know, I I think uh, you get a little bit better at, you know, being able to retain um, more processes. You're just exercising your brain more, I guess. But, um, But my dad had a friend who was a handyman and they drywalled that, that front room of the house with the piano and the staircase. Right, Um, where your sister played piano for us that one time. Exactly. My dad and his friend drywalled that entire room themselves, and it took them the better part of a week to do it. Um, It's such a weird room to drywall. You have 
this weird crown molding over the doors. Um, I guess it's not crown molding. It's just the door trim. Um, but there it's anyway, there's strange molding throughout that whole, you know, room. They did that. And my dad was like, that was hell. <laughs> He's like, I might just call in people to have them resheet rock, um, you know, the other rooms. And we had a, a team of maybe four men. I should ask him, but I believe it was four guys who came and drywalled one, two, three, four, maybe six rooms. And it took them three days. And everything else was not just as difficult, but like, yeah, maybe maybe like three of those rooms were just as difficult, and then a couple of them or something were just kind of normal, just no weird molding things, anything like that. But it it was so funny. My dad was like, "That's the best money I've ever spent, just having someone else do it for you way faster, just so he could get onto painting and stuff." But the house needed a ton of work when we bought it. Um, it was not move-in ready. Um, that's another thing I should ask him how long it took him because. Obviously, my my perspective as a ten year old really wasn't you know isn't the same. Um, could have been a year. I don't even freaking know. But it was cool. My dad really likes that house because it's got a lot of space. It's got a huge barn, you know. And there's nothing more American than throwing all your shit in a big barn, right? I mean, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like, I've never had a barn. I know, but I like, you know, as much as I would like to be the person who has nothing and like, you know, like in my mind, I think if, if I was forced at this age to like be on my own and like have no dog, no wife and no real like direction or life, then I could probably live you know, like I lived when I was working at the distillery, which is kind of on the road all the time. I, I don't, you know, I'm not a home person. I don't need something like that. So, but in, you know, so I, I kind of like, I'd like to, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? I'd like to think of myself as the person who could function perfectly with no things, but I'm not that person at all. I love having cool things. I love things that I think are cool. I'll tell people I think they're cool, and I don't care if other people tell me that they think they're cool. Yep. That's me. <laughs> Speaking of... Of you? Speaking of you? No. Speaking of cool things... Um, and I'll try to not talk about cars this week because what the fuck? Um, I talk about cars way too much. There's a guy in New Hampshire and I'm totally counting my chickens right now. Um, because I haven't gotten the stuff yet, but there's a guy in New Hampshire who I've been texting with for like the past four or five days. And this guy has a lot of really good parts for my car. He has a dash, which I need, um, center console, you know, all this fucking stuff that um, I should have, but I'm kind of glad I don't because the stuff that I did have was garbage anyway. 
it's nice that I'm, I'm putting a lot of money into this car. I might as well have nice things go inside it, right? Um, but this guy has a really nice dash, really nice center console, a lot of other parts, among which um, he has... Among which he has a uh, the quad round front grille for the cars, um, which just means it's going to have round lights in the front. And he has the radiator support for that piece as well. Um, and that stuff is not extremely hard to come by, but it's hard to buy. People don't often want to sell the, the quad round grills because they were only offered on the GTI models in 91 and 92, I think. So only for two years and only one car were they available in the United States. So all the ones you see are either aftermarket or they come from other countries. So it's kind of fucking cool to me to have something like that. Um, and that's why, I don't know, I'm kind of pumped about it. And it has red trim, so it's literally just going to snap in and look perfect. And the best part? Center console, dash, headlights, uh, grill, and support, which you need all of those things to, you know, you need those three things to make that work. 70 bucks. Can't go wrong with that. It's like $500 in parts or more. It's however much they're willing to take for it. That's exactly what it is, but if I were to buy the radiator support alone, okay, just the support, the, the metal frame that holds the the headlight housing and uh, the radiator, that alone is $150 online. So it's like, I can't fucking go wrong. So again, counting my chickens, I really, really hope I get all of this stuff when I go down tomorrow to New Hampshire. You're going to New Hampshire tomorrow? Fuck yeah. All right. Live free or die, right? Yeah. As soon as I cross the border, I take my seatbelt off. I'm kidding. I would never do that. So stupid. Um, I was... I told you that, like, people... People die, like, regularly in Vermont and New Hampshire. Just no seatbelt. I mean, you didn't tell me that, but I could probably have inferred it. Yeah, that's like a thing that happens. It's like people just, you know, they're like, oh, one car accident, you know, all people dead. That's one of one dead. Every, like, it happens so often. Um, one of our, uh, one of Kim's coworkers, her uncle, died recently that way, like in the past two years. Just ejected from the car, done. I feel like that's pretty stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's that simple to just put a seatbelt on. Right? So. Um, I'm really on this uh, this new Father John Misty album. You got to download it. Nah. So I don't know. I don't need to get into that. It's good shit. I mean, I... I, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've ever heard a full song of his. I just don't like the whole name. Yeah, I mean, it's just a persona. It's not anything 
yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's too much of a walk for me. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, lyrically, it's nice. His, this album is a little bit more. Uh, he wears like hats and stuff. Yeah, he's like, uh, he's like the oldest hipster. Uh. He's like, basically, his story's kind of cool, though. Like, because I think he grew up in Maryland as like, um, like a super fucking crazy religious family. And he's like. Hence the father name, huh? Well, hold on. And so like. You know, he played music for years under his actual name, right? Mm. And then... Which is what? His name is Josh Tillman. So I think he I think he went as like Jay Tillman or something. Okay. And I've never really listened to any of that stuff. Um, and then he had like his... He wanted to like... I think he was just done playing the like music he was playing and i think he got to this point where he's like pretty sure he realizes that like there's no there's no god you know and you get to a point where if that's your epiphany and you've come from nothing but you know a family that is heavily religious right um and you know in, in southern basically you know um you know it's when you get out into the world and you realize like all of the things that the world is, you know, you realize there's drugs, there's sex, there's murder. There's like all of this fucking shit. That's like, you know, supposed to be taboo in a religious um, sense. Then I, th- I think he had like some sort of like drug induced epiphany moved to LA or something and started playing music he was in Seattle for years too, and one of the, I think he he started open opening with uh, Damien Gerardo, who's a really really good artist, and I've listened to him for years too. But um, he's kind of in that Seattle camp with like David Bazan and people like that. But um, yeah, it's it's really is really not bad. This this album is very. Oh, it's like you've heard Beck's um, Sea Change album. I don't know. I mean, the last four Beck albums, I I can't tell apart. Yeah, that's the I, it, I, like I, I don't have any song to delineate them. Yeah, in the, my mind. This Beck album is the the Sea Change album is I think two thousand three or four, uh, maybe even earlier. Um, but that that album is like his. I think is like 12 year with someone breakup album. And he was, he just went off the rails and it's totally acoustic and completely different than anything else that he ever produces. And, uh, so it's a little bit of like that. Was he going out with Giovanni Ribisi's sister? Is that what that was? I have no idea, dude. They're all Scientologists. So they're, it's all, it's all in the mix. Is Beck a Scientologist? Oh yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so the, 
Um, I had a friend who took an elevator with Beck once, and she was just like, yeah, I just took an elevator with him once. <laughs> That's the story. Um, yeah, so it's a little bit like the Beck Sea Change album with, like, combined with, like, maybe... Uh, I want to say, like, a little Elton John kind of theatrics. Like, it, it incorporates... Like, if you put those two things together and, like, shook them up in a bottle and let it out, this is kind of, that's not a saying, right? Shook them up in a bottle and let it out. What? <laughs> what are you trying to say? If you combine those two ideas that I'm trying to create for you. Message in a bottle? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. You're trying to send me a message in a bottle? Yeah, yeah. Two weeks has passed since I wrote my note. Oh no, it was a year. Damn it. Um <laughs> close. <laughs> oh, just fifty weeks off. Um the anyway, the album's good. You should listen to it. It's it's worth it's worth a listen. I'm spending a lot of time listening to the new Danny Brown album. Alright, I'll listen to that then. <laughs> okay, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. <laughs> There's one song. Where he he has a very distinct voice for rap, and there's one song where Be Real from Cypress Hill guest stars. Do you do you know Be Real? Do you know Cypress Hill? I know Cypress Hill. I don't know Be Real, but I know Cypress Hill. So Be Real is basically the voice, like the, the primary voice of Cypress Hill. So if you know a Cypress Hill song and you and you hear that voice echoing in your head, it's probably him. But basically, him and Danny Brown both have a very similar, I don't know if it's octave, but similar sounding voice. Mm -hmm. And they're both, like, to have one song where it's basically call and response between the two of them, where it's the exact same high-pitched, ridiculous voice, it's it's too much. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, well, uh, we'll give each other's albums a listen. That's the, that's a new segment we can do. <laughs> what album you got for me this week? Danny Brown's new album. Father John Misty, you say. Yep. That sounds like so much of a commitment. It is but and is... it isn't. You could just kind of have it on in the background. Um, the way I listen to a new album is kind of obnoxious because... I only, I always do this. I, I don't know why I always do this, but this is how I listen to a new album. I, I'll put it, I have to listen to it from the beginning, okay? And I have to get through it once. And no matter what happens, if I get stopped, which is, um, this is not like a me- you know, thrashing Kim on this, but it just, this is how it happens. It's very hard for me to get through an album if I'm at home. And so I'll start it. And if I don't get through it, I'll start it again. (laughs) So wait, but what's not getting through it? How much time can elapse between stopping it and not being able to restart it again? uh, Like if you stop it for 20 minutes, do you have to start from the beginning again? Okay. That's a really, really, really good question. Um, it's all about how it feels and what happens in between. It 
could be as little as probably a half hour, but the only reason is, like, if something in that half hour happened that was, like, totally derailed my mind from the songs. I've tried before to, like, pick up where I left off or just put it back to the... You know how you, like, might, when you're reading, like, a a novel or something, you'll read, like, maybe the last two paragraphs before to get you right back into it? Uh, yeah. So it's that kind of thing. I've tried that. That sometimes works for some artists, but, um... Like, the, the, the... The Kendrick Lamar album, I did this same exact thing with. I could not pick it up just anywhere. I had to start it over again um, when I was listening to those as they were coming out. But, like, there are certain artists that, like, you know, if you... You want to get the theme. You want to establish the theme and the sound, or at least that's what I want to do in my mind first. I want to think, okay, this is what the... This is there's a thematic going on, there's a sound, there's a feeling, and you should have that entire feeling kind of all together. And yeah, songs can stand alone. Um, but if you're doing something like what he's doing, you know, this guy's clearly creating an album kind of mostly all at once and working on it as one piece, which is super cool. I really enjoy when people do that. There aren't many you know, when you can listen to a whole album and you think, all right, there's no track that stands out as like a, you know, doesn't fit. That's really, okay. that's really a nice thing. Um, Which his last album, um, Father John Misty's last album, does have one song that I think is out of place um, in the whole album. But... With that said, I think that album is pretty fucking good, like almost perfect. You can listen to almost every song and. Well, that's in that regard. So now you listen to, you know, a 10 or 14 track album. Yeah. You just let it play. Yep. Up until CDs came out, there were B-sides on shit. So. So. Would you listen to the, like, has it changed where the artist is making and setting up the order of their tracks to build that story that you were just talking about, to build that flow? Yep. Up until, like, 1992 when cassettes were still, you know, cassettes and vinyl still existed, when they were laying out, when the producer was laying out the tracks, was it like, all right, these are A-sides, and then we flip the uh, the tape, and the B-side is a different story like it's a different section of that story so we can kind of start over again but now everything is just one or it's not at all because people just like you can just listen to it and shuffle or something like that exactly so like now that doesn't have to exist anymore everything just kind of stands on its own okay fucking great so glad you said that i have way too much to say on this but I'll say this kind of as efficiently as I can. I part of listening to the whole album as a whole is me looking for exactly that. So I'm looking to see if there's an established separate B side 
what's great about this album is there it is. So this um and here's the thing, he he's 35, I'm 30. We have kind of if you're 35 years old, you pretty much have I I don't know what kind of music he listened to growing up, but I can assume he listened to the Beatles. I can assume he knows the entire Beatles catalog. And I love when an artist, and very few artists do this, but but certain artists attempt this, okay? And they'll try to structure something similarly to their favorite albums. So if there's a longer track, you know, there's a long track on this album called Leaving L.A. And it's 10 minutes. That track, because that ends after that track and then the next song starts, that next song after that 10-minute track feels like the B-side starts. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done the math to figure out, like, if it's an even half and half. But to me, that's where the B-side starts. And it's insanely reminiscent in feel to Abbey Road um, with, is it Abbey Road? Yeah, it's Abbey Road. Because you have, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Here Comes the Sun starts the B-side on Abbey Road. And so you get all of that like long buildup of a very, very long song. I should just open up iTunes so I'm not talking out of my ass um, and just doing this from memory. Um, but you have that long buildup. Here's Abbey Road. Yeah, exactly. It's the it's the song I Want You, She's So Heavy that has that huge buildup. And then it stops, hard stop, and then you hear the little guitar from George. Here comes the sun. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a total, total fucking switch. And this album kind of has that same exact thing, which is right in the middle, um, which I love. So in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, he's just channeling Abbey road right here. Like this is, this is what he was thinking when he was, you know, either setting this up with his producer or something like that. And often it's the producer that takes care of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, uh, like for Michael Jackson, it was Quincy Jones. You know, for the Beatles, it was George Martin. There's always someone back there saying, this is how this should go. You know, you have that other perspective on someone's album. So I don't know who j- does this guy's stuff. But um, now, with that said, after I've listened to the whole album and I get a feel for the whole album and because I've listened to naturally now the side A way more than I've listened to side B. Now I'll start with side B and start listening to side B if the album allows that, if, if that's a thing. So I don't do this consciously. I don't think I'm just, I'm kind of, uh, you know, dissecting this now and how I do it just based on like maybe 10 or 12 examples that I can think of, of really albums. I, I, I do love. It has a lot. Wait, which which album is this? His third album. Yes, it's uh, called uh, Pure Comedy. Mixed by Phil Eck and mastered by Greg 
Kalbi. Kalbi. Greg Kalbi. Really? Wait, who was the first Associ- name? Associated Acts, Bruce Springsteen, John Lennon, David Bowie, The Ramones, The Strokes, Jim Steinman. Right. Yeah, I was born April 3rd in Yonkers. Birthday's coming up, Greg. So is yours. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Do you hate birthdays? I I don't see the point. <laughs> It's like, it's the beginning. It doesn't matter. But how do you know anything if you don't know what the beginning is? What the fuck are you talking about? You gotta, you're, the beginning. What am I celebrating? Why, why am I asking people to, like, just, come on, man. What's the point? That's really defeatist. No! There's so many other qualified holidays or observations that you should take part in before worrying about birthdays. It's for for people who don't celebrate things or for people who, you know, maybe I'm just too much of an optimist when it comes to this shit. I, I don't know. I, I see it as like kind of a beautiful thing. It's your birthday is like the day you were established. The only thing you care about in the world is you. Says who? I'm not saying that that's the thing, but like you do subconsciously, you feed yourself, you right. You know, so if take if care you're, of yourself, if you're taking 365 days out of the year to make sure you're taking care of you, then why the fuck do you need to celebrate yourself one time out of there? You're basically celebrating yourself every day that you wake up because you're keeping yourself, you know, in the mix. All right. Well, it's 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 a memory of your origin, then, just like anything, because you have to know where anything begins to know how it works. That's why people are still trying to explore the beginning of you know space time and shit. So, blowing candles out on a sheet cake from fucking Ralph's is the same thing as exploring space time. No, that's tradition. That's different. So what would you have me do on my birthday, then? Whatever you wanted to do. If you wanted to, like, fucking go take the dogs for a hike. Or if you wanted to, like, you know, just fucking hang out. On my birthday every year now, we just go, um, we go camping somewhere. That's the, that's the deal. You know, that, that birthday week is just like, I mean, you were there for my birthday this year, but, like. Birthday week? You celebrate a whole week? <laughs> No, but, like, if I don't take my actual birthday off necessarily, then I'll I'll make sure that week I go camping at some point. Like, you know, that we can spend some time, you know, outside doing something different. You know, like, this year was super nice. Um, We were house-sitting, obviously, on my actual birthday, and I was in between jobs, so I... You know, it, it was just strange. I I haven't had that happen in a very long time. But, you know, I was doing my job transition and interviewing for that, for the new position. Mm-hmm. But I went, you know, after we were house-sitting for Aunt Carolyn, we went to Indian Lake and hung out and camped with uh, Kim and, and her brother, which was so nice because... Derek's a nice 
like outdoorsy kind of guy. He likes he's a runner. He likes to, you know, do physical activity. So it's great to have him as a motivator to be like, yeah, let's go row four miles, five miles over that way and then hike for an hour, (laughs) you know, like and then get back and row another four, four miles or whatever. Um, God, I was so sore, but it's it's fun, you know, to like do something like that. And then you get back to camp, you, you know, you sit down, you talk, you have nothing else. Cause like you get to disconnect from your, you know, your activity, your, your daily routines, you get to disconnect and turn it all off. Like there's no service out there. You know, it's like, Something that I was thinking the other day is that when I went to Ireland, I didn't have a phone. I just didn't have one at all. Right. So it's 10 years ago. I went to Ireland and I didn't bring my flip phone because my flip phone, I, my parents were like, do you need like a cell phone? I'm like, no, who the fuck cares? Like, I'm just going to be in Ireland. If I need to do something, I'll hitchhike or something. I mean, if I get in trouble or whatever, or I'll ride a bike somewhere or whatever. And I was thinking about this the other day like now i reward my reward is to disconnect myself you know my reward these days is just to like not think about anything relevant to the electronic world which i'm constantly plugged into you know and maybe it has to do with that or maybe it has to do with something else but i really you know like when we went camping with deval i really enjoy doing stuff like that like that's my personal kind of reward you know, I love exploring new places. Um, I love learning a new place um, geographically. That to me is kind of second to none. If you, I, I don't know why, but I really, really like maps um, and orienteering and that kind of shit. I know it's really weird, but I've always been into that. So when you can go on a hike. And you could follow a trail. Even that one time that I got Kim and myself lost, like really lost in the Adirondacks. Um, she was freaking out. She was like, we're fucking done. I'm like, no, I'll find it. I'll figure it out. Um, but it was like quickly getting dark. <laughs> and I didn't have a flashlight or anything. I had absolutely no supplies. And we never fucking found the 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 correct trail and the place we were supposed to get to either which was kind of what made it worse um i don't know i think birthdays are are important to to kind of celebrate sorry i'm bringing that home tangent home tangent complete (laughs) oh um i wanted to i wanted to like uh Check in on the on the work bathroom situation. What do you mean about the my interactions with people who aren't on my floor? Yeah, like how did how did that resolve? Did that work? I mean, I haven't really seen anyone since, except maybe two or three weeks ago. I was walking down the stairwell to go to sixteen, which is like where the executives are and everything. Yeah, and as soon as I come out. Coming down from the floor above us, 18, is the guy that I yelled at and confronted that day. And he he dug down and, and tried to, like, confront me about it. And he's like, oh, hey, 
you're the guy from the other day. I was like, yeah, like four weeks ago. <laughs> he goes, uh, you're pretty angry. I'm like, no, man, I'm just, I'm tired of uh, everyone just using our bathroom. Everyone in this building just comes down and uses our bathroom. And before he can say anything, I walk through 16 and the door slams in his face. And that's a key card protected door, so he can't get through it. But uh, yeah, that was the last that I'd seen him. That's amazing. But I haven't seen him on our floor since. That's great. He tried to confront you. Really, really thought he was going to get one on me. I didn't have time. I know. Time, it's of the essence. Isn't that what they say? I mean, it's something that's said. <laughs> I don't know if it's something everyone says. It's like, time is of the essence. I haven't heard, like, I know I've heard that, but I, you don't hear it used every day. Oh my god. I don't think ever. I think only, like, wizards say it when you have to go on a quest or something. Like, your boss is not going to be like, oh, can you, uh, can you move those, those rims for me? Time is of the essence, Lopez. <laughs> Actually, I think my boss has said that to me. Shit. All right, time is of the essence. Strike while the iron's hot. What else? Are you just doing this off the top of your head? Yeah. Like, I, what else? I don't what, what know. Do I'm not. What do, th- what do you think is the most common, I guess, idiom or saying? Proverb? Proverbial idiom? I, I don't know. For not knowing idioms as well as I do, I fucking use them a lot. In for a penny, in for a pound? I don't know that one. You don't know that one? No. My grandmother used to say that all the time. What is it? In for a penny, in for a pound. In for a penny, in for a pound. Oh. If you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. I guess so. Was she British? No, she hated the Brits. Wow. Why would you say that then? But it, but Or is it like a pound of flesh, like a Shylock type thing? From Virgin of Me- or uh, Merchant of Venice. Jesus Christ! With that reference, right? A pound of flesh, right? If you're in for if you're in for the money, you might you you you, it, you should be like able to wager cutting a piece of flesh off yourself. Is what I think my grandmother was saying. Because they don't have pennies and pounds in 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 in. Britain, do they? No, it's a pence and a pound and a penny okay. and a dollar. Right. So why would it be in for a penny? In, like that that's a great exchange rate. If you're in for a penny, you'll get a pound back. No, I think it's the other I thought it was I think it's conflating them. Now, I mean, your your explanation makes more more sense, but like if you're conflating those two things and it's not the same as in currency currency then what you're saying makes sense if it were currency currency i don't know if i don't think they ever used penny as a as a term in like the british isles i mean then again i don't know because how does fuck how did we get the word penny yeah isn't penny just like the short cute version of pence it's longer than pence, isn't it, spelling-wise? But it's easier to say because it's a Y. So it doesn't matter how you write it. 
you have to go penny rather than pence. It's 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 there's more to say in in penny. Pence. No, cuz no because you get it, to... it, it, it's almost it's almost like exhaling pence. Pence. No. Penny. Pence. No, penny. Pence. No, penny. Why are you emphasizing the second syllable? It's penny. Pen, you ha- you have to say the second syllable at some point, whereas pence, it's just pence. Okay, while I agree here that it's like one syllable versus two syllables, I will still say anything that ends <laughs> anything that ends in Y is easy, right? Like, you will always try to shorten sounds or you will try – if you're saying things and you want to string them together, that's the whole – like part of spoken language when you string shit together a full sentence you're... Uh, the word the word penny is derived from the original british coin of the same name oh what <laughs> oh my god tell me it's like pence is like one cent and penny is like half a cent or something and i didn't no, know that the original one cent coin was over five times heavier and almost 50 percent larger than its contemporary counterpart the word penny is derived from the original british coin of the same name Oh, so it, it says. Okay, there so, was a penny apparently. All right, so fine, it's penny penny. But I, I still think I still think it's penny and then LB. LB is still L, that's why they use L as the sign. It's the it's the Latin for it. Okay, penny and weight and not penny and currency is what I think. Uh, yeah, but I don't think so because now that you've said that penny and pound and you've correlated them together now i think it's the original thing that i thought which is if you're in for a penny if you're gonna it's like you're paying one penny to do something you're gonna be in it for a pound it's like going to the to the mechanics it's the reverse of if you give a mouse a cookie so if they're saying like if it's worth putting a penny into it's worth putting a pound into? No. No, negative. Negative. It's the it's the it's if you're If eight, you're will if you're willing to give a penny then you're going to you're going to be willing have to, to give, give a, a pound. pound. Yes. I I always took it to mean like if you're willing to risk coin you should be willing to put your body on the line. <laughs> how'd you thanks, look up all that thanks, other grandma. shit? Thanks, grandma. How'd you look up all that other shit and you haven't googled the saying yet the idiot i don't want to know oh. right now it's a schrodinger's cat situation where it could be anything Jesus. but as, so- as soon as i look it up it's gonna be it's gonna be that you know schrodinger you're fucking you with the references today what are you talking about i don't know i think at some point you're gonna be like referencing cask of amontillado i always reference cask of amontillado <laughs> It's something I say to like the people that work for me <laughs> when I ask them to work overtime or something. <laughs> All right, let me look this up. What would Iago have done? <laughs> the bird from Aladdin? Yeah. No, of course not. Oh my god. Who do you think would win in a fight, Schrodinger's cat or Pavlov's dog? The cat. Really? No, I don't know, dude. Well, I guess if it was in a ring like a boxing match, there would be a bell. And when the dog heard the bell, he would think he was getting food. So, probably the cat. You're probably right. (laughs) I just... 
didn't think about it too much. I just thought about it enough and thought, man, that dog's whipped. Um, <laughs> oh my god, this the shortest Wiktionary uh, article ever. Originally with reference to the fact that if one owed a penny, one might as well owe a pound. Nailed it. As the penalties for non-payment were virtually identical in severity. Nailed it. Proverb, having started something, one must see it through to its end. Rather than stopping short, one must go the whole hog. Uh, Okay, maybe I'm not totally on. I mean, oh, okay. Well, if it's if it's the whole hog, now you're talking like flesh. Oh my god. Likely a folk term from the practice of livestock and butchery, whole hog or snout to tail refers to letting no portion of the animal carcass go to waste. For example, skin is tanned for leather, sweetbreads are harvested, and common com, commonly cast off pieces such as hooves are pickled. The term was first likely recorded in Cowper's poem, The Love of the World Reproved, in 1779, a poem teasing Muslims about suggested ambiguity over the religious prohibition of eating pork. Jesus Christ. Jesus, dude. Westerns hate Muslims way back when, huh? Oh, stop it. We hate each other no matter what. But 1830, by 1830, the phrase had become popular across America, of course, being used in newspapers and political campaigns. At the time, it migrated across to Britain, where the phrase was adopted. Okay, super fucking crazy. If you, so, so, like, if, they, if you can afford a new computer, you might as well go the whole hog and get it custom built, is, is the the verb uh, example they give. So, yes, while the first and the clear explanation sided with currency currency, I think they they don't really know because they kind of left the door open for it being currency pig flesh. I mean, I'm I'm willing to accept your answer entirely because kind of the point is that it all gets changed over time anyway, and interpretations can vary because it's like it's like what you make of it you know what i mean like the whole point of something like that is it can be both specific and vague enough so that you know if you learn your lesson or if some someone says that to you the the whole thing is it's supposed to be a parting piece right you're supposed to take that away and think about it and as long as you're thinking on it the saying has done its magic it has performed its duty uh-huh. The reflection is what is supposed to be the the important part of why an idiom exists, makes sense, does anything for you. You know, you're, the fact that you're leaving thinking about it. Now, is Iago truly the name of a bird in Aladdin? Wasn't well, that Jafar's bird played by uh, uh, that squinty guy who... Uh... Uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Holy shit. Um, Iago. You're not going to get the bird if you just Google Iago. You're going to get what I was referring to. Uh, you want to bet? Iago, Aladdin. Boom. Is your Uh, first one? Second one. What's the first one? 
Iago fictional character in Shakespeare's Othello. There. Thank you. But the first image is of that bird. Why would the first image be of the bird and not the... Oh, my God. It's... it's The image goes bird, bird, Kenneth Branagh. Who presumably played Iago in Othello? Yes. Okay. And I think directed the, the movie as well. The old one? No, the more recent one. What? Really? Do you know who Kenneth Branagh is? No. That's like half of what he does is just makes Shakespeare movies. No, I guess I don't know who he is. Uh, But yeah, it's Jafar's bird. I guess I didn't know that. So there must be some pretty fun reference there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there is that they wouldn't do that. Was... was I don't know Othello, so... I don't really remember the qualities of Iago. Othello is the... Uh, he's like... Says it's the, play, the play's main antagonist. Yeah, he's he's the Moor. Othello's the Moor. Yeah, no, I know that. But Iago's the main antagonist. Right. I don't know, man. Maybe we should read Othello for our homework and then get back. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's not that long. I know. I don't have to. But, like, I don't want to read Shakespeare. Oh, it's so good. I mean. It is. is it? Oh, yes, 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 yes. But you got to get into it. Like, I can't just read it passively and still take away anything from it. Right. You got to. I don't, I don't want to dig into it. I don't. Right. And maybe we'll do specials where you 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 explain Shakespeare to me. Well, I don't have to explain it. It's it's something that you yourself like. If if we did like, I can't. I don't. All you have it's to. It's like reading, yeah. basically. You know, more or less dead phrasing and dead language, and then have and then having someone be like, "Oh, you see what he did there? It's like he's saying this," and then you laugh at like what he's saying, but didn't really write. Right. You have to you have to like basically reinvent the fucking play to translate it. I don't care enough. You don't. Though, I mean, I'm sure you could find, like, a, a thing where someone writes it in modern English and it's, like, that totally normal. That sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's not, the, that's not the point. You are, I'm telling you this as a fact, you are intelligent enough that your ability to, I'm going to air quotes, get into it. No, I, thing, I, right? I, I know that. I've, I read it all through high school and shit. I just know that, like, there's so many other things that in the past let alone 500 years, the past 30 years that I'd rather be reading than Shakespeare. Okay, I'll give you that. I mean, just because of relevance, but, I mean, the... Well, of relevance and of import, too. Like, yeah, I mean, he's definitely, like, yeah, he's he's made his impression across literature and plays and everything, and that'll always stand, but, like, that's, like, come on, other people have done shit more recently too that's worth taking note of i don't fucking know no i i agree with that i just it's so exhausting like to 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 do that and it not be in a classroom seems torturous to me oh okay 
Well, then, like, if I'm not, like, come on, are you gonna sit down and relax and read fucking uh, Henry VIII or whatever the fuck his plays are? God, God, no. If you're gonna do any of them, it's easy, super fucking easy. It's The Tempest, which is fantastic. It's Titus Andronicus, which is. I'll just watch the South Park episode. Yeah, exactly. But ty- you, wow, that's Jesus. Your your ability to retain information is absurd. Um, Titus Andronicus is insanely good. You know, the, yeah, obviously you have the big ones, Macbeth, whatever. But I think like if you, the Tempest is probably my favorite all around, just because. It's super interesting. You get you get into it really quickly because it's versed anyway. So like, you know, or there are parts of it that are versed. That's the best part about the Tempest. The Tempest has like verse non-versed. It's like it's it flows well. I'd say you read two pages of it and then for me after two pages I'm in, you know. I don't have to be super focused either. I'm just, it just naturally, I'm in. But that's me. I mean, you know, I and I grew up with a, you know, an English professor father. So that's an entirely different thing. You know, my mom was a librarian, is a librarian. So it's like, this is stuff that just existed in our family as like, you know, stuff you, you do, I guess. You know, you could get the same kind of, the same kind of, uh, um, gratification by just reading a couple of the sonnets anyway so it's like you read the sonnets and it's like you know I mean, why would i read sonnets what am i doing that for shakespeare sonnets they're all like because it's like digest well, what's the digestible. Point? what am i what am i learning from it i'm not going to be a poet i'm not going to be a playwright why am i reading sonnets in shakespeare you do, because it's just like we were talking about idioms. Can I get this? Can I get the same themes and 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 stories from things that are written to be read as as that, rather than having to read some sort of ionic pan, pentameter puzzle? All right, I'm I'm really impressed that you remembered that it's in iambic pentameter. You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like, I fucking hate that shit. And like, I wouldn't, it sounds torturous to me to, to do it outside of a classroom. Wait, it's does, not like, it's a study. It's not entertainment or anything. It is entertainment. It is it's exactly n- entertainment. It's just entertainment for the 15 1600s I just had a picture of you sitting in a winged <laughs> armchair with like you know kim's like grading papers or whatever and you're reading a dusty old book in old english and just like giggling every once in a while like ooh, <laughs> it doesn't sound fun man i mean if it doesn't sound fun then it doesn't sound fun there's just so much that more that's happened since this cat's been alive that like I'd rather read and digest than have to figure out. I mean, I get it. Like I can see people going and watching performances of his plays. Like that's, that's whatever you go do that. Right. Because you're watching an actor, 
like do it you're watching the production you're watching you know so there's like that's an ongoing thing but to sit down and read them i don't see the point if you're if you're not doing it for scholar scholarly activities now i'm just trying to find like a good sonnet <laughs> yeah good luck oh <laughs> There are so many good ones. I don't know. It's like... I'm not saying, like, you have to be a poet or you have to really appreciate poetry to even, you know, like the Shakespearean sonnets. It's just, like, you have the form, which is interesting, and you have, like, the idea of, like... Like, like poetry, right? In terms of writing, the whole idea is that there's a form. What I think... I think the Shakespearean sonic is sonnet sonic sonnet is actually Petrarch if I'm remembering correctly. So it's actually like Petrarchian uh, derived. So it could be even earlier than that or whatever, but I'm pretty sure it's Petrarch. But like, if you think about the idea of form as art, as written art, and you think of you know that is it's like the same thing as a, as a birthday you know you have the basis of the idea of the beginning right of something where we said okay we're going to tell a story in a certain way and it's going to follow certain parameters and these certain parameters are going to both help us be more creative because we we have to work within these confines Right. And and how different is that? It's like Twitter. But right. But how different is that than what you do? Do you know what I mean? It's like you have to work within all of these parameters for your job. Right. There's the format. There's the you know, there's a written both a written format. There's an audio format and there's a visual format. Right. So you're 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 bringing all of these things together and it's probably why you're really good at what you do is because you know you have the basis of all of this stuff that you clearly remember from school which is even better you know you remember all this shit and that's what you know rounds you as you know a good i mean you do you do something that's effectively you know art and media that's your that's your line of work you, know. you, you don't really know what I do at my job, do you? <laughs> don't tell me. I don't want you to. Don't ruin. It. I don't want to ruin the fantasy. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just an optimist. It's all. It's it is. Is all it is. I'm not like you know. You could tell me. You could tell me how it really is. It could be horrible, and I'll still believe what I want to believe. That's fine. <laughs> I'll keep living the lie. Postulus. You're better off dead There's a gun in your hand And it's pointed at your head You think you're mad You're too unstable Kicking in chairs And knocking down tables In a restaurant Western town Call the police There's a madman around Go 
Yeah.